During World War II, Allied soldiers would often spend their time listening to the radio. They could, at least for a little while, be transported back home by listening to popular music, with the soothing sounds of a female radio host with a flawless American accent. And along with the music, the troops would also get a healthy dose of enemy propaganda. Learn more about Tokyo Rose and Axis Sally, how they got stuck doing radio and what happened to them after the war, on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steaks such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code DAILY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Hey everyone, this is Gary. If you're listening to this podcast, you clearly are someone who likes to learn every day. And if you want to add a little more learning into your everyday routine, check out TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll hear about some of the big ideas shaping our world. This includes everything from artificial intelligence to the search for dark matter and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Back in World War II, radio was the only mass broadcast medium. There was no television, so radio was how people entertained themselves and were informed. While there were many ways to spread propaganda, radio was uniquely suited to do so. It required very little investment, it was very low risk compared to dropping leaflets, and it could reach an enormous number of people. It was for this reason that both sides during the war used radio to try to reach their opponents. The British would broadcast BBC shows in German, and the Americans created their own radio shows in German and Japanese which were intended for an enemy audience. German-born actress and singer Marlene Dietrich recorded radio broadcasts in German for the American Office of Strategic Services, which were used in Europe. So it came as no surprise that both the Germans and the Japanese did the same thing. In the Pacific and in Asia, it was common for the Japanese government to produce English-language radio programming using female hosts for their show. These programs would be broadcast out of cities like Manila, Shanghai, and Tokyo, which were occupied by the Japanese. They would play popular American music, interspersed with heavily slanted news updates which were intended to demoralize American troops. American soldiers did in fact listen to these broadcasts because there wasn't much else to listen to. And in Asia, the hosts of these programs became known as Tokyo Rose. It should be noted that there was no one person who was Tokyo Rose. It was a generic name given to any female host who worked for the Japanese. In fact, None of the hosts ever called themselves Tokyo Rose. It was a name used by the soldiers. Tokyo Rose served as a focal point for American anger in the Pacific because it was an actual person who spoke their language. For the most part, their enemy was a distant, faceless opponent with whom they couldn't communicate. 
Tokyo Rose, however, was someone who talked directly to them. She would tell the Americans of their defeats, ignoring Japanese defeats, of course, and try to sow doubt about their chances of victory and the justness of their cause. When the war ended, many people wanted to see Tokyo Rose caught and punished. While there was in fact no one person who was Tokyo Rose, there was one person for whom almost all the anger directed at Tokyo Rose came down upon, an American woman by the name of Eva Taguri. Eva was born in the United States in 1916 in Los Angeles, California. Her parents were immigrants who moved to the U.S. in 1899 and 1913, respectively. She graduated from UCLA in 1940 with a degree in zoology. In July of 1941, she traveled to Japan to visit an ailing relative. She didn't have a passport, just an identity card, which she used to enter Japan. She applied to the U.S. State Department while in Japan to get a passport to return home, but something happened before it was issued. A little thing called Pearl Harbor. Eva was now stuck in Japan, a country that was at war with her homeland. All communication and transportation between the two countries were cut. The rest of her family back in the U.S. were placed in an internment camp in Arizona. The Japanese government pressured her to renounce her U.S. citizenship, but she refused to do so. She was declared an enemy alien. She could still work, but she was denied a ration card and other privileges, including living with her family in Tokyo. She eventually took a job as a secretary at Radio Japan. In November 1943, the Japanese came up with the idea for a program where prisoners of war would be forced to broadcast propaganda. This first show was called The Zero Hour, and it was hosted by Eva Taguri. She agreed to host the show only if she didn't have to say anything explicitly anti-American, which she never did. The producer of the show was an Australian POW named Charles Cousins, who was captured during the fall of Singapore. He had radio experience back in Australia, and was basically threatened with execution if he didn't produce the show. The name Eva used while she was on the air was Orphan Anne. She would introduce music and did comedy sketches, but she never herself did any news segments. When the war was over, many people wanted to see Tokyo Rose arrested because she was such an identifiable symbol of the Japanese government. Cosmopolitan Magazine offered $2,000 for an interview with Tokyo Rose, which would have been enough money for her to finally get back home. When she came to the interview, it was a setup. She was never paid the money and was put into the custody of the FBI. She was held in custody for a year during which time the FBI and the military government under Douglas MacArthur conducted an investigation, interviewing hundreds of people, including the POWs that worked on her show. They also dug up hundreds of documents to see if she had committed any crimes. After a year, she was released after the FBI and U.S. Counterintelligence Service found no evidence of wrongdoing. However, this wasn't the end of her problems. Back in the U.S., the public, led by newspaper columnist Walter Winchell, campaigned to have her tried for treason. In 1948, she was rearrested in Japan and returned to the U.S. to stand trial. And here I need to move the story from Japan to Germany, because they too had their own version of Tokyo Rose, known as Axis Sally. Unlike Tokyo Rose, which was a name given to many different people, there were not as many Axis Sallies, and in particular, it was a very specific person, Mildred Gillers. Gillers was born in 1900 in Maine. She was a vagabond for most of her life, moving around, trying to make a go of it as an actor or a model. She eventually left the United States in 1929 to live in Paris for six months. In 1933, she left the United States again, going to Algeria to work for a dressmaker, and then landed in Dresden, Germany to study music and teach English. In 1940, she got a job with German state radio as an announcer. 
1941, the United States advised all Americans to leave Germany, but by that time she was engaged to a German national who wouldn't marry her if she returned to the U.S. When war broke out in late 1941, she couldn't go back if she wanted to. In 1941, Gillers was recruited into hosting a show called Home Sweet Home, which had popular music and spent a lot of time telling soldiers how their sweethearts back home were being unfaithful to them. Her most famous broadcast was a radio play called Visions of Invasion, which aired a few weeks before D-Day. She played the role of a mother who lost her son in the invasion of Europe. She was recruited into hosting multiple shows and in fact was broadcasting up until May 6th of 1945, just two days before the surrender of Germany. The Americans knew who she was due to interviews she had with POWs during the war, and she was arrested in March of 1946. She was flown back to the U.S. on August 21st of 1948, just one month before Eva Taguri. As with Taguri, she was charged with treason, and the American public wanted justice. The trial of Axis Sally began first, on January 25th, 1949. The case against Mildred Gillers was the stronger of the two. The Federal Communications Commission had recorded hundreds of hours of her recordings, which were able to reach the U.S. via shortwave. Moreover, the Nazis had forced her to sign an oath of loyalty to Adolf Hitler, and the Allies found the document. Her defense was that she was coerced, and that speech wasn't treasonable, and furthermore was protected by the Constitution. In March, she was found guilty of one count of treason, specifically for the Vision of Invasions broadcast she did before D-Day. She was sentenced to 10 to 30 years in prison. The Tokyo Rose trial was a much more difficult case to prove. They didn't have the documentation as they did with Axis Sally. There was no oath of allegiance, and in fact, Taguri refused to announce her American citizenship. She had several witnesses who testified on her behalf. Her trial was the longest trial in American history up until that point. She was charged with eight counts of treason, but in the end, she was only convicted on one. And that one, even in the description of the court, was pretty weak. The charge she was convicted on said, quote, that on a day during October 1944, the exact date being to the grand jurors unknown, said defendant at Tokyo, Japan, in a broadcasting studio of the Broadcasting Corporation of Japan, did speak into a microphone concerning the loss of ships. End quote. She was convicted of speaking into a microphone concerning the loss of ships. She was convicted to 10 years in prison. Millard Gillers was released in 1961. While in prison, she converted to Catholicism and went to live at a convent in Ohio, teaching languages and music. She died in 1988 at the age of 87. Eva Taguri was released in 1956, after six years and two months in prison. Her story took a very different path than Mildred Gillar's. The case against Taguri was always very weak, and the government knew it. That was why she was initially released after a year-long investigation in Japan. Almost immediately after her conviction, one witness, Hiromu Yagi, admitted that his testimony was perjured. In 1976, an investigative story done by the Chicago Tribune found that both Kenshi Oki and George Mashudo both perjured themselves as well. They were coached for two months prior to the trial by the FBI and the Japanese Occupation Military Police on what to say during their testimony. Both were threatened with treason themselves if they didn't testify. A television report by 60 Minutes on how she was railroaded during her trial cemented her innocence. On January 19, 1977, on his very last day in office, President Gerald Ford granted a full and unconditional pardon to Eva Taguri. 
The pardon returned her citizenship, which was revoked when she was found guilty. She passed away in 2006 at the age of 90. While these two women did get most of the attention, I should note that they weren't the only enemy radio hosts. There was an Axis Sally in Italy as well. Her name was Rita Zucca. She was an Italian-American who moved to Italy, and like both Gillers and Taguri, she got roped into doing broadcasts. However, they weren't able to pin anything on her, as she had renounced her U.S. citizenship beforehand. You can't be tried for treason if you aren't a citizen. There was a British man who broadcast Nazi propaganda to the U.K. named William Joyce, who was known as Lord Haw Haw. He, unlike the others I've mentioned, was a committed ideological fascist who fled to Germany and became a German citizen. He was caught by the British and executed for treason in 1946. The case of treasonous wartime radio host had a very brief lifespan. There wasn't radio during World War I, and after World War II, shortwave radio dropped in popularity, and armed forces developed their own radio stations. So it's highly unlikely that we will ever see cases quite like Tokyo Rose and Axis Sally again. The associate producers of Everything Everywhere Daily are Peter Bennett and Thor Thompson. If you'd like to support the show, please join the list of patrons over at patreon.com. And also remember, if you leave a review or send me a question, you too can have it read on the show. Greetings, everybody. This is your number one enemy, your favorite playmate, Orphan Anne of Radio Tokyo. The little sunbeam whose toast you'd like to cut. We're ready again for a vicious assault on your morale. 75 minutes of music and news for our friends, I mean our enemies in the South Pacific. Well, uh, how are my darling little dopes tonight? Full of beer and belligerence? I know, you still hate us, but don't let that hate keep festering. It poisons the whole system. What you need is some good jive. I mean some. Helps you relax. All set? Okay, here's the first blow at your morale. Hey, Tizer, singing and singing. Hey, Pop, I don't want to go to work. Please be listening. <laughs> <laughs> 